Hello and welcome to Capture Caledonia, the tracks that take us back, the podcast with me, Ewan Petrie. Each week, I'm joined by a guest who tells me all about the places in Scotland that mean the most to them and the memories and stories associated with these particular places. Then we listen to the songs that have become the soundtrack to these wonderful memories. I can't play all the songs in full due to copyright, but I hope that you enjoy the podcast nonetheless. If you are enjoying the podcast, please make sure you subscribe to it and leave us a rating and a review. You can also find us on social media. For Facebook and Instagram, just search Capture Caledonia. And for Twitter, search Capture Cali. Please like and share the pages with all your friends and family to help spread the word of Capture Caledonia and to keep up with the latest news. If you would like to support the podcast to help with future episodes, you can now donate on my Buy Me A Coffee page, which is www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash Capture Cali. Any amount, no matter how small, really goes a long way. Thank you so much for your continued support and for listening to this week's episode. You're listening to the tracks that take us back on Capture Caledonia with Ewan Petrie. This week, it's a joy to welcome Ainsley Hamill to the tracks that take us back. Described as a mix between Heather Small and Julie Fowlis, Ainsley has proven herself to be one of Scotland's most diverse singer-songwriters. No stranger to accolades, Ainsley has a long list of nods to her name, including a nomination for Gaelic Singer of the Year at the MG Albus Scots Trad Music Awards, alongside being a former finalist at the BBC Radio Scotland Young Traditional Musician of the Year competition. Over the past decade, Ainsley has gained a wealth of experience performing at folk festivals all over the world, including the much-loved Celtic Connections in Glasgow. Originally hailing from the west coast of Scotland, Ainsley nurtured her love for Gaelic song while studying at the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland. 2021 has already seen the release of new music into the world for Ainsley with her new album, Not Just Shipland, having been released in March of this year. The album was featured as the Guardian Folk Album of the Month, and given it was inspired by the surroundings and the unsung heroes of Govan and Glasgow, I think it's the perfect album to accompany this podcast. Ainsley, thank you for coming on the show today. Welcome to Capture Caledonia. Oh, thank you very much. Good to be with you. Well, before we get ready to set off around Scotland through the choices that you've made today, it's been a busy year for you already and you've released a brand new album, Not Just Shipland. Do you mind sharing with us the inspiration behind the music that's featured on this album? Yeah, gosh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been such a mad year, you know, and, and uh, people say, oh, you know, uh, what have you been doing? Like expecting, you know, all the musicians to say, oh, you know, not very much. You know, I've just been sitting, like doing my knitting or whatever, <laughs> you know, and, I, and then I actually get to say to people, I actually released an album and people are like, what? <laughs> you know, so I, it's, it's, been, it's been a really good time, you know, and the, the inspiration behind not just Shetland is um, the forgotten people and places of Govan. And of course, now Govan is linked with Glasgow. And it never used to be. It used to stand on its own as its own individual township. And, um, you know, when I, when I was looking into all these different characters, I was meeting with the Govan Reminiscence Group. Uh, who are just like this amazing group of governites who get together like on a Tuesday afternoon, you know, and have a wee gossip and all that. And um, you know, they gave me some inspiration for these like really incredible characters. And then there was a thread that that ran through everything that I'd chosen. I realised that 
actually all these folk came from totally humble beginnings and they went on to achieve magnificent things. So the sort of premise of the album was that although Govan is very famous for its proud shipbuilding tradition, it's not just shipland. The place is rich with culture and actually it's the people that completely make the place. So yeah, that, that is really it in a nutshell. You mentioned just at the start there that a lot of people we might be surprised to hear, you know, how proactive musicians have actually been in this this difficult period. Was it always the plan for you to release an album at the start of 2021 or did this happen through the various situations that we found ourselves in? Do you know, Ewan, I actually started this album like, well, gosh, it's, it's about two and a half years now. Um, the whole process began and... Um, Really, I'll be honest, it's because I couldn't get my act together (laughs) 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 that it took this long. And actually, you know, the pandemic hit and um, well, so there's string orchestra on the album. And I was thinking to myself, oh no, how am I going to get this recorded? And then a slot just opened and I went for it. And I thought, what what is the point in holding back a release, you know, because I'll hate it in a year's time if I do that, (laughs) you know? So just get it out into the world and something else will come along later. But it, it just happens that I actually still quite like it and it's out in the world. So <laughs> it's turned out quite well. <laughs> Absolutely. And we're going to listen to the title track off the album, Not Just Shipland. Do you mind giving us the specific inspiration for this track? Yeah, absolutely. So this was the last song that I wrote for the album and it was actually my producer Malcolm Lindsay that said like come on Ainsley we need something to sort of tie this all up you know um give us give us a sort of general song about Govan and I was like oh no and I was moving house at the time and I thought I think I literally think my brain might explode you know (laughs) so I literally locked myself in a room and I wrote it within a couple of hours and the inspiration came from walking over the Squinty Bridge in Glasgow (laughs) over to Govan and past, you know, walking down Govan Road, right from the top, right down to the bottom and everything that I pass on my way and just taking it all in. So that is not just shipland. Salt water and said they fell my head. Darkness falls on the bridge. Treading on concrete slabs, running fingers over cracked paint on railings that divide people within nets of sin. Within tenements loom is darkness for the crows You'll never alone within these streets Cackles of girls and draggies and short skirts Blue and green, they're always seen on Saturday It's just the way it's always been It's not just ship land There's more to this river and land 
Chill up in her arms and welcome your feet Turn your seats more than the boats that are made of steel Ladies roll the trolleys down the road Messages for children's children, men's and tatties But nothing like they say, it's always better the next day Scuff black clocks slamming pavements hard before it's too dark. It's not just Shetland, there's more to this river and land. She'll open her arms and welcome your feel. Turn your seats more than the boats that are made of steel. Church lies in the night. Reflections of times of the past on gravestones, sipping on their buckfast. It's monks that make it, they'll say we're holier than you. We're saving our sin and for a rainy day. It's not just Shetland, there's more to this river land She'll open her arms and welcome your feel And soon you'll see it's more than the boats that are made of It's not just Shetland, there's more to this river and land She'll open her arms and welcome your feet And soon you'll see it's more than the boats that are made of sea I also wanted to ask you about the album artwork because it's so colorful and vibrant and it features references to some iconic images um, of Govan and Glasgow and alongside yeah. some of the tracks there's beautiful videos with some extraordinary historical footage of, of Glasgow and 
as somebody whose heart definitely belongs to Glasgow, I found watching this quite emotional. What was your experience like putting uh, these together? Oh gosh, you know, I mean, <clears throat> it was Lucy Hart that did the artwork. Um, she's very, very talented. Uh, she is actually um, one half of Honey and the Bear. And um, I just gave her my sort of creative idea, you know, the fact that Govan is so colourful, you know, and it's thought of in quite a different way these days, actually. And um, she just created all of that and I wanted all the characters to be present. And I mean, it, it is a visual representation of what my brain was doing <laughs> <laughs> when I was writing it. Um, honest to goodness I just had so much going on in my head and I feel like she really captured that and it's really a beautiful piece of artwork and I'm very proud obviously to have it as the album cover and with the visuals that I created to accompany the songs um, I'm actually going to be doing like an album launch with all the musicians in the string orchestra um, in August um, hopefully the 21st of August and um, it's actually going to be a feature film that plays behind us um, to accompany the music. And it's made up of um, archived footage of Govan and some of the people that I actually have written about and present day footage. And you and you're going to laugh at this, actually. I, I was working with Ella Orleans, who's an incredible audio visual artist. And um, she was saying, okay, Ainsley, I can get the archived footage and, and put this all together for you. But actually, we need to add a bit of interest to this. You know, you're going to have to go out and, and film bits of Govan. And I thought, oh, geez, how am I going to do this? You know, so I get I get my dad and my mum with me, right? <laughs> Driving up to Govan, like, as the sun is rising, right? And obviously my dad's getting on to me because we were meant to leave like half an hour before. He's like, you're going to miss the sunset, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, the sunrise. Even. Probably that would be more accurate, you and we would probably get the sunset. But, um, you know, we're, we're, we're driving up and we park at um, the Hydro. And obviously I just abandoned the car. I'm like, Dad, sort that out. <laughs> running towards the crane. And actually that's the opening image um, that you see in the video for Not Just Shipland. That's just as the sun is rising, you see the big crane. And then I start to walk over um, the squinty bridge. So it's all this current footage filmed by me, which is hilarious and really artistically put together uh, <laughs> by Ella Orleans. I just, I love, I love the, anyone who knows Glasgow now, and I'm, you know, I've had some great uh, evenings at the Hydro actually, or the Exhibition Centre watching some fantastic musicians. And I love that being the beginning of your video because I've had, you know, I used to live in Queen's Park. So I had moments where I'd come out the hydro and I'd walk home and I'd go over the squinty bridge. And it's hard not mm -hmm. to feel completely washed over by the history of that area when you're just doing that walk. And oh. I think that's why I connected so much to, to, the, to the song and to the, to the video. I just loved it. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. It's really iconic, isn't it? And then, um, like, nobody knows the real name of that bridge. It's the squinty bridge. The squinty bridge, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's and it's it's just become part of, you know, modern culture of Glasgow, hasn't it? 
Yeah, of course. And it's amazing. And that's what it's, that's really what it's all about, isn't it? Well, you know, I think now that we've been talking about, you know, Glasgow and Govan and the album just perfectly blends into to what else we're going to talk about today through your choices for the tracks that take us back. So do you mind explaining the first place that you've chosen and why you've chosen this place? Yes. Okay, so it's Gareloch in Wester Ross. So very much um, northwest of, of Scotland. And, um, you know, we were talking about being a, a little bit nostalgic, you know, before we started June. And that's exactly what this choice is. You know, we used to go there for our holidays um, in the caravan from like, when I was incredibly young. And, um, you know, it's funny, like when, when you're young, I think sometimes you don't appreciate the beauty of a place. Um, but it's funny because I remember being incredibly young. So maybe like, I'm going to say I was maybe seven and, um, you know, just standing on top of the sand dunes, looking out onto the water. And it honestly was serene. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And I always think back to it. And I've got so many good memories with um, my mum and dad going up to Gearloch and we would bring the dog. And it's actually a place, you know, where I, I learned how to uh, boogie board. We <laughs> 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 used to get the boogie boards and the wetsuits on and just get right in the water. And we used to go on all these like wonderful um adventures and just got on the bike and it, it's really it's honestly it's the, the the beauty of the place we used to stay at this campsite called big sands campsite and you know that way you just get to know everybody because you go so often and um it's just, it's honestly it's just magical and I, I would honestly say to anybody that has never been to Gearloch or surrounding areas in Wester Ross and and, and another place Melanudrigal just magical honestly one of the nicest places in the world um, and actually it takes quite long to get there because although I come from the west coast it's still only an hour away from Glasgow you know at the start of Argyll so it's really still about five hours or whatever to get to Gearloch and the car journey was incredibly long because you're towing the caravan and <laughs> oh you know some some terrible times in traffic etc and um we used to have this uh, big blue car and it had the, the tape player and we only had like a couple of tapes and <laughs> the best tape was Tina Turner's Greatest Hits <laughs> and every time we went on holiday to Gearloch we would put in Tina Turner's Greatest Hits when we were maybe about an hour away and that's when I knew like we were nearly there <laughs> you know and actually my my first track i just remember sitting in the back of the car it's the, the rain is hitting so hard <laughs> against the car <laughs> and we're thinking oh no in about 20 minutes time we're gonna have to set up this caravan <laughs> get absolutely soaking so my first track that i have chosen is tina turner can't stand the rain
love the fact that there's these songs that at the time you have no idea the significance that they're going to hold in your life. You know, they're just a track that accompanies a trip like this. But as you look back through the lens of hindsight and you realize, actually, these songs have become a soundtrack to, you know, this memory or that particular time in my life. And they take on a completely new meaning, I find. I've got a host of these songs and, and it sounds that's exactly what's happened um, with, with Tina Turner for you. Yeah, and they really actually like shape um, the way that you perform, I feel as well, you know, because although you might not think it, I think whoever you've listened to uh, in your younger years de definitely shapes you as, as a performer. And it's funny because I've ended up in the world of traditional and folk music and I actually didn't listen to it very much growing <laughs> up. How bizarre is that? So I wonder if that has had, you know, an influence. I wonder if I'm channeling Tina, you know, consciously. <laughs> well, that's what I liked about the um, the comparison between um, Heather Small and Julie Fowlis. I, th I thought that summed up the style of your voice perfectly well. You know, it's a great comparison. Yeah, oh goodness. Do you know, actually, um, I was out with my, my friend, um, Michael Hill, at the time he's a wonderful singer and you know when I when I read Heather Small I thought oh gosh Heather Small <laughs> and I had to um <laughs> I had to actually look up um on Apple Music her um her song because I was like it's on the tip of my tongue like I couldn't I just couldn't quite get it into my head and when I listened to it it made me laugh like so <laughs> much I was like I cannot believe I'm being compared to Heather Small because we had Pride on you know and it was a tune honestly <laughs> but then I, I really think as well you and like Heather Small is an incredible singer you know and as is Julie Fowlis and just you know they're both incredible artists separately but together what, like what a strange combination <laughs> <laughs> but it works i think it works definitely and you it. know you've just reminded me where the way you talked about playing the album when you were about an hour away as if it was like a countdown to getting to the destination that's something that families do and i have i've had that yeah. experience as well and i love that it's like there's a particular sign or scenic i guess uh viewpoint or something that reminds you of like okay this is when we put on this song or this album and everyone enjoys it at that it has to be that place or that moment you know yeah gosh absolutely and it's funny like on on those trips as well we would always stop at um fort william just to have a wee rest and it's funny because Fort William really isn't that long from the house you know <laughs> coming from Cardris and um it was always a, a huge fight like we're going into Morrison's and we're going to get something from the salad bar and we're going to be healthy and I was like no we're going to McDonald's honest to goodness I know that roundabout so well in Fort William where you have the choice you either go left into the McDonald's or you keep going round into the Morrison's and it's a, it's a, it's a dilemma I have with myself because I do find you know Fort William is it's a beautiful place but it is a sort of stop off place as well as you've said <laughs> I think there'll be lots of people fighting with that that urge as well <laughs> absolutely you can't fight with a seven-year-old when mcdonald's is on <laughs> no there's no comparison is there <laughs> no definitely not as nice as uh the salad bar in morrison's is it's not quite the same as a big mac <laughs> exactly i mean I, I would still think the same but even with my partner i'd fight to the death for a mcdonald's <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I'm actually heading up that way soon and I can already tell that that's going to be a, an internal battle for me. Oh, you know, you're good with healthy eating. Don't don't ruin it now. But I probably will. <laughs> Absolutely. You can smell the Big Mac on the approach. <laughs> oh, I'm getting a I'm getting a craving now. We should move on before before it gets sets in too deep. <laughs> so, um what's the next place that you would like to talk about today? Okay, so the next place is um, Ochtertire, um next to Creef. So lovely Perthshire. And um, Perthshire is obviously a really, it's quite a stronghold for Gaelic. And there's been a certain amount of resurrection of, of, of Gaelic material over, I would say, maybe the, the past 10 years um, from Perthshire. And that's a lot to do with Margaret Bennett. Um, who actually was one of my teachers at the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland. She she taught the class folklore, and um, it was it was honestly one one of the best classes. It was so enriching, and you know I think when you, like you're studying or learning any sort of traditional music, it kind of goes hand in hand with the folklore that accompanies it. So it's kind of, if, if you don't have the folklore attachment to the tunes and songs that you're learning, it's kind of like a body without a skeleton, you know? There's nothing to prop it up, hold it up. You really you really need to have that knowledge to, to understand what you're performing. And I'd say a lot of our tutors at the Conservatoire um, really, really gave us that. Um, and, and Margaret especially, she would have these... Um, workshops in Ochtertire and you would come round and she would have all these really interesting people from traditions globally actually um, as long as they were tied to traditional music um, she would have like country singers Gaelic singers Scots song singers and was really an eclectic mix and she was also very very supportive she would have students along so a couple of times I went and, and did some Gaelic song workshops and there's just a lot of happy memories um, with, with Margaret Bennett in those workshops at Ochtertire and actually we used to go as a class as well like the, our conservatoire class it was only like 10 of us in the end and we used to all just go up to meet Margaret and have these wonderful days together and um, we're all on like some CDs that Margaret produced as part of um, like the Perth Perthshire song collections that she published and it's just it's a really special time and I actually remember one day she brought along Sheila Stewart the fabulous Scott singer and um, you know she was telling us all about the you know the traveling traditions and we'd obviously been learning about that um, you know during the folklore classes and it's obviously such a, a rich tradition and you know you've, you've heard about Sheila Stewart you've heard her songs etc but to actually meet her in person was was quite surreal she was a very, very strong woman and a very strong character, you know, and very much set in her ways and really, 
believed what she was saying to you as well and she was really really passionate about it which has really stuck with me and um, she performed a, a few songs for us and one of the songs that really really sticks with me is, is Blackbird and of course Margaret's son Martin Bennett was a fantastic musician and used to sample a lot of singers and produced the track Blackbird and it holds just really strong memories for me of being at the conservatoire, being at these amazing workshops, meeting these amazing people and what they've said is, is really stuck with me and resonated with me and I actually just think that the performance of, of, of this song uh, is incredible and I think it also just goes to show sometimes it's not about the quality of somebody's voice, it's about the performance of it and I think this track just completely sums it up and this this is this is Blackbird by Martin Bennett. There is a blackbird sits on your This song in particular has taken on a couple of iconic moments, um, mainly two of them. There's one, which was I went to see the Grit Orchestra. Did you see them at yeah. all? I, I did. It was just incredible, wasn't it? Oh, I mean, I saw them once as part of the International Festival at the Playhouse uh, in Edinburgh. Yeah. And I was absolutely like floored by this wall of sound. It was just like unlike anything I've ever heard an orchestra do. It was yeah. incredible. And then I went to see them at the Hydro in Glasgow as well a few years later. Mm -hmm. And that's um, when I went to see. Oh, wasn't it amazing? It was so good. Are you going to talk about Danny McCaskill? <laughs> yeah, because that's the other one is is the video to, you know, his Ridge video on the Coolins and Sky, and this is the soundtrack to it. And I can't I can't listen to it without seeing him <laughs> cycling uh -huh. across these phenomenal mountains, I guess. And there's some beautiful footage of that part of the world, but there's something about that song. I think I love the video as well, because obviously it shows off the beauty of sky, but the, the, the song just connects to, I think I can listen to that song anywhere in Scotland in this sort of overwhelming feel of like patriotism just overcomes me. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. But that's what I mean. It's so powerful. The performance of, of the song is so powerful. And then obviously Martin's uh, modernisation of it, um, you know, with the beats. But although it's got beats, it still feels very timeless because of the string accompaniment. You know, it's like it, it you can't place it in time anywhere, which is which is quite incredible actually you know it could be very current it could be now or it could have been like early 90s or it's weird that isn't it yeah you've absolutely nailed it and I, and I think as well you know to leave behind such a such a beautiful collection of songs and in particular this song is is quite something to achieve at the age that he did and it's so sad that we didn't get to to hear more of the music that he would have made Oh gosh, absolutely. And it's funny, I never ever met Martin, but I'm obviously very close to Margaret now. 
and I find that quite surreal. I nearly don't, I nearly don't join them both together, you mm. know, which, which is weird because I do, if you know what I mean. But I also don't because I never, I never knew him. Um, and she, she does, she talks very fondly of him, and it, and it's, it's, it's lovely. It's funny because this actually links back as well to the first choice um, with talking about putting music on when you get to certain places because whenever I go over the the bridge to Sky, this is the song that I put on. It's like this has to be the song that welcomes me into Sky. And I, yeah. I never not ha do that. It's it's funny. And I go quite a lot to Sky. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, what an epic soundtrack to be driving into Sky with. Oh, it's just amazing. And, you know, Sky is phenomenal. There's a reason why a lot of films like to go there to, to film their exterior shots. And, and this this is like a blockbuster song to accompany like blockbuster views for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there's so um, there's so many amazing songs, you know, that come from Sky as well. I had a really hard time choosing this like middle track because I thought, should it, you know, be something Gaelic, you know, obviously because of my my roots within all of that as well and you know with Kenna Campbell and teaching me that like sort of really strong song tradition at RCS I knew I wanted there to be like some sort of link you know with the the conservatoire and because that was such a good part of of my life and I didn't I, I didn't you know I, I didn't realize it at the time I didn't realize how rich it was at, at the time and you know, everybody that I, well, nearly everybody that I work with now is, is are people that I met at that time. And it's, yeah, it, the conservatoire is really just like spewing out so many talented performers and musicians. And it was a really exciting place to be. Yeah, it's an, they've got just the most phenomenal track record. And I've, I've really learned that from, I mean, I knew it anyway, but it's been really emphasised from doing this show because the amount of people that come on and, and talk as fondly as you have about the conservatoire is, is quite exceptional, really. And I actually wanted to ask you about where your connection to the Gaelic language and Gaelic song um, initiated. Um, was it from your early childhood or is it something you've discovered later on? You know, I'll tell you, so obviously I come from um, Cardras or Cardros at the start of Argyll and I had um, a teacher at school, primary school, who, who was interested in Gaelic and took it upon herself to teach the class some. So it was never part of the curriculum um, and obviously in the village there's people that speak Gaelic and um, I always knew them and I would always go to them and learn songs and, you know, perform at Cayley's in the village. And it sort of started from there. So then when I went to secondary school, um, which was Hermitage Academy in Helensborough, again, it wasn't part of the curriculum, but there was a teacher, it was actually an English teacher. It was really big. I think she came from Lewis, actually. And she taught those that were interested I was in the Gaelic choir and I just had this, I had such a passion for it, like I could not get enough of it and I just wanted to know more. So I, I took an interest and in it, it was never it was never part of the curriculum. And then when I was studying Scot the BA in Scottish music at the conservatoire, that's when I really started to delve deep 
and, and properly learn the language. So I guess, I mean, it did come at an early age, but I didn't grow up in a really strong tradition of it. It was just circumstance and, and having an interest in it that it happened, you know? It just seems insane to me that we don't have it. Or I, I, maybe it is now. I'm obviously judging it from my time at school that it, was, it wasn't on the curriculum for me either. And, yeah. you know, I've had to really go and seek it out to to, to discover Gaelic culture. Um, you yeah. know, it's not been something that's been easily presentable presented to me. I, it, that's definitely getting better, though, I feel. Or maybe it's because I'm looking out for it more. But, you know, I, I, I'm aware of it now when I'm on the subway in Glasgow. There's been big campaigns to push the language. And maybe as you explore more parts of Scotland, which I've definitely done as I've, I've got older, I've, I've discovered more. But I've had some interesting conversations about Gaelic culture and language on the podcast with, with people who are much older than me as well, saying that when they were at school, it was actively forbidden, you know, like they couldn't do it. Um, because yeah. it was it had different connotations and, and I know that's definitely not the case now and I'm so glad that there's more of a celebration of it yeah oh gosh absolutely um that that was that's such a thing I have so many friends that that happened to their parents mm. you know and they kind of lost their confidence speaking Gaelic and and what is now um you, you know we've, we've got a world of Gaelic now that is very you know, we were talking about like prose Gaelic. It's it's beautiful. You know, it's not just like conversational Gaelic. Um, you know, people like Kenna Campbell and Mary McInnes, who and Callum Ross, who all taught me have have that beautiful Gaelic. If that makes sense, you know, they they come from a really really rich tradition of it. And gosh, very thankful that they're willing to to pass that on as well. And I think you're so right in saying that it's got better. I think it's got a lot to do with fashion going around schools and that whole community just growing. Because when I was at school, I didn't even know fashion existed, which which is crazy. And if for anybody that doesn't know, a, a fish is just, um, a, a Gaelic festival of of music and dance and like the creative arts basically, and um, my friend Grant McFarlane actually started Fish Fashlik, which is the Paisley Fish, and I've had so much to do with that over the past I'm going to say maybe like seven or eight years, however long it's been going, and that's made a huge difference to you know, Paisley and Glasgow, greater sort of Glasgow area um, for for Gaelic. So it's definitely on the rise. And as is Scots, which is equally as um, important, I sometimes feel there's like a little bit of a competition <laughs> between mm. like Gaelic and Scots. And, and there doesn't need to be. They're, they're both different tra traditions and equally wonderful. Um, we've touched a little bit, I think, on your final destination, but I think we should move on to to talk about it in more detail. Where have you chosen to to finish up today? Yeah, so I've, I've chosen to finish up in Cardris and Helensborough. So Cardris is where I'm from and where I grew up and where I lived for a very long time. And I went to school in Helensborough and some of my best friends still are, are the ones that I went to school with and we had such a, a great bond um, over music and actually we would 
go out in, in Helensborough on a on a Friday night and we would get like a like a bag of chips and like <laughs> sit sit down the front or sit in Kidston Park or James Street Park, which sounds a bit nazy, but it really wasn't. We were just very we were very innocent, you know, and just going sitting down like eating your your wee chips or whatever <laughs> and, and we would listen to music and we'd sit and just watch see at the front in Helens but uh you know you can get um sort of like the promenade and you can get your ice cream you can sit out you know at the very the famous Dino's radio cafe hmm. and um it's just beautiful and to grow up in such a you know a lovely place again you just don't appreciate it at the time, you know, you're sitting looking out onto the, the River Clyde and you're looking at the bit, you know, where it, where it nearly becomes open water, looking out uh, into the sea. And I don't know, it just feels very all-encompassing and secure and, and very beautiful and sitting, you know, like with your best friends. And we would we would sit and listen to, to lots of music and... Um, one of the songs that really sticks with me is um, it's a, a track from Glass Vegas and during this time actually I, I feel I've had a very gosh classical music upbringing because of school there wasn't a lot of traditional music at school and I feel my style was it came across as very trained to start off with and over the years, I've just started to fall into my own style, which I'm I'm very grateful for because I think a lot of people tell you, oh, don't be like such and such and become a pop singer. And you sometimes take that, you sometimes take that to heart, like too much, you know, if you're wanting to do well at school, etc. But I would I would say to anybody, you know, really find yourself. And, and be yourself as soon as possible. Don't don't copy anybody. Don't don't be like anybody else because that's that's no. There's no one else like you, and that's how you're going to be your best self and be original and create things that, that people will attach themselves to. You know. And I wish I'd, I'd learned that just slightly earlier on, but then I guess it's kind of made me who I am. So I am quite thankful for it. And this particular track from Glass Vegas made me think, why do I not kind of sing maybe a wee bit more in my own accent? Accents are cool, you know? Like especially a Scottish accent, no matter where you go in the world, people are like, whoa, your accent's mad, (laughs) you know? And it made me think like, I should do this. And this track really inspired that slight change in style. So this is a track that's really close to my heart and it's an absolute belter. So this is Glass Vegas singing Geraldine.
I'd love to just pick up on that point. I'm um, actually about feeling it's okay to sing, sing in your accent, because I felt as well, there was a definite period in my life where I started to listen to more people who did that when I was younger. It was probably introduced by people like, well, bands like Las Vegas, Biffy Clyro as well. Yeah. And you start to think like, oh, I like it. It's, it, as you've said, it sounds cool, you know, like yeah. hearing your accent. And I've got quite a soft Scottish accent, really. But even hearing that and, and Paolo Nettini as well. I remember when I, his, his stuff came out originally, I was like, wow, this is a, this is an amazing thing. And it, and it's, and it works so well. And, and, and even as, as the time has gone on, I, I actively seek out maybe those more mainstream bands that do it like Twin Atlantic as well are very, very Scottish in that, in that sense. Um, and I love that it, it's, it's like this representation of our voice in, in the mainstream music industry as well. Yeah, like how mad is it, you know, when when you when you hear it coming through, I, I just, I really love it. And I mean, I'm not saying that I am particularly really in your face Scottish when I sing. I've definitely got like my own thing going on, but you know, with some words, you know, like I always think about vowel sounds, mm. you know, when, when, if you're being trained or a lot a lot of the time at school um you know you have to have those round vowel sounds like the ooh and the ah you know rather than like ooh and ah that is something i can relate to on so many levels i'm musical theater trained and i did it down in london yeah i would get told things like that all the time and i just couldn't get my head around it. i was like no but i say it like this why can't i sing it like that exactly. you know and i used to struggle with that like probably on more more than I realized at the time often I would be like oh it's not worth the fight you and just sing it how they want you to you know yeah. oh god of course and it's funny that isn't it because when you get that realization it, it's literally like a switch isn't it you're like yeah. why why am I doing it like this <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah I feel like we could talk I could talk to you a lot about about that but I'd like to go back to to Helensburg really because you, you you've talked mm. so fondly about those memories of being there with you know people who are still your best friends to this day as yeah. you've left and gone to other places and as you're sort of making your way through your life do you find a pull to go back to the to these places like can you see yourself settling back there maybe in the future oh always I always think people always want to go home in the end you know I think it's wonderful to go and experience uh, different things but I'm definitely a, a home bird <laughs> it's really it's one of my weaknesses actually <laughs> I just I love being home and gosh like my partner's also from Helensborough and, and he's a wee bit different he would maybe say oh no I couldn't possibly go back but I just I think it's a wonderful place and gosh how ace would it be if you know, all our pals could go down the front, get a poke of chips and sit and listen to Las Vegas again. You know, <laughs> just like that, that, what, you know, that's think, the life. It's I think the, the real sliding doors moment is if you go back and, and your children are the ones that are doing it and you're like, whoa, oh, wait gosh. a minute, when did that happen? I know, <laughs> but that would be no fun. I want to be the one down the front eating the poke of chips. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'll, be, you'll be there right with them. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, do you know what um i think that's a lovely image to to wrap up on it's been such a joy to speak to you ainsley about these wonderful places in scotland and thanks for for delving deep into the stories and, and sharing them with us i've I've really enjoyed uh going on a little trip with you today oh yeah absolutely it's been such a pleasure you 
You're listening to the tracks that take us back on Capture Caledonia with Ewan Petrie. Thank you so much for listening to Capture Caledonia, the tracks that take us back. If you're enjoying the podcast, please remember to subscribe and to leave us a rating and a review. Please also go on social media and like and share the pages with all your friends and family. A little reminder that on Facebook and Instagram, just search Capture Caledonia and on Twitter, search Capture Cali. Go on, like, share, post, comment about it and help spread the word of Capture Caledonia. If you want to support the podcast, remember you can go on to my Buy Me A Coffee page, www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash Capture Cali. Any amount that you can afford to donate to support the podcast will really go a long way and help to ensure that we can keep the podcast going in the future. Thank you so much for your continued support and I look forward to seeing you next week.